Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to a particularly epic episode of The Trader, a traitor's podcast. My name's Matthew and I'm a writer, reality competition TV fanatic and a 100% faithful. Promise. The Trader is a deep dive into each episode of the continent-conquering killer reality TV show The Traitors, streaming on BBC iPlayer and Peacock. This episode is special for various reasons. Firstly, Although I am in the midst of season two of the podcast, focusing on the UK traitors, I'm taking a temporary leap back to season one. Let's call this season 1.5, because the reunion episode of the Traitors US has now aired in the States and the UK, and I couldn't not do an episode on it. To help me do that, I have a returning co-host who has some big feelings about this reunion, and later, an interview with US faithful Angelica Conti, who served up a whole platter of behind-the-scenes intel when I spoke to her. Plus, I gave her the chance to be a traitor for 40 minutes when we played our podcast game, The Trader Traitor. Since this is bound to be the longest episode of the pod so far, I'm going to issue TT News until the following edition and get straight to the episode discussion. Let's meet my co-host. My special co-host on this episode of The Trader is previous guest David Bloomberg. David is a podcaster, content creator and reality TV guru. Welcome back, David. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I am already excited to hear your thoughts on <laughs> this reunion episode of The Traders US because you've been uh, tweeting about it, commenting online. Is it fair to say... You, you have a lot of feelings about this episode. I have thoughts. Yes, I definitely <laughs> have thoughts. <laughs> yes, it sounds like it. I knew you would. So let's get into it. So this episode, this reunion episode of The Traitors US, it begins with 
Alan, Alan coming, it becomes mm -hmm. pretty clear straight away. He obviously was not available for filming. There must have been some scheduling conflict. So we have these little cut scenes of Alan. Uh, I, I like or that else he just didn't want to do it. He didn't want to be in the middle of all. She was like, <laughs> give me the fun parts where I can dress up and you guys just go over there and fight amongst yourselves. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> I like how he says at the start that this is a tale of 20 of America's most calculated players. I, I think that's somewhat of an exaggeration. Yeah. <laughs> as, as we later find out. Yeah. Yes. Maybe... <laughs> two or three of America's most calculated <laughs> players and a bunch of extra people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a shame he couldn't be there in person, but he introduces our host for the episode, who is Andy Cohen. You know, I know Andy Cohen as, uh, you know, presenter of Watch What Happens Live and as a person associated with all of the Housewives franchises. So I, I, and I don't watch those, but I know what they are. I know that those reunion episodes are generally just an hour of arguments. So <laughs> I, I guess they've brought in Andy Cohen because they think he can spice it up and he can get people to argue with one another, which he's kind of successful at throughout yeah. this episode. Yeah. <laughs> he actually had to calm them down. Imagine, you know, <laughs> imagine how bad that was compared to the housewives. He begins by introducing the faithfuls on stage, first of all, a couple of absences, no Reza, no Brandy, for for reasons maybe we won't go into. Michael uh, Michael is introduced straight away because he's lost lots of weight. Um, I, I, I don't care about this. I don't know if people are interested in this. Um, and then there's, yeah, there's something, what's going on? Kate's pregnant, Andy's wife had a baby, Ryan's wife's pregnant, Quentin's had a baby. There's, there's, what's happening here? This is weird. It's, yeah, it's the trader's baby boom, you yeah, know? I mean, yeah. and uh, I, I almost wonder if they brought up, I mean, you know, Michael losing 50 pounds is great. Um, I almost wonder if they went to him so that they could go to Kate. You know, it was almost like <laughs> the perfect lead in, <laughs> yeah. uh, for her to talk about that. But it does also show how much time has passed since... Yes. This was originally recorded both for his weight loss and for everybody else's baby gain. Yeah, exactly. That's what it made me realize that actually this is this is 10 months since filming. Mm. Uh, so and I know a lot of them are uh, stay in touch with one another, but it must have been a strange situation for them to get back together. Uh, the traitors then arrive on the set. We have Christian, Cody, Ari, who's, yeah, okay, he's a traitor. He was a late traitor. Mm -hmm. And of course, our winner, Sari, looking like she is enjoying every penny of that money that she won. <laughs> we... Yeah, I believe that dress was provided to her, uh, uh, you know, based on based on some behind the scenes things. But uh, yes, it was a it, yes, she was she was very dressed up. She was looking fantastic. <laughs> yes. They start off with a recap of Ceri's journey to the prize. We see this montage and are reminded how well she really fooled everybody. There is clip after clip of people saying they trust her 100%, mm -hmm. uh, with a couple of exceptions. There are moments where Kyle and Brandy suspected she might have been a traitor, but they both left early. So everyone else right. absolutely trusted Ceri. Uh, host Andy asks for hands up about who disagrees with how Ceri played. And we'll talk a lot more about this later, but <laughs> when he asks that, I sort of think, well, what what is there to disagree with? 
it's mm-hmm. it's a it is a game. I know we're going to talk about this a lot. What, what are a you, funny are you stealing my I notes? I, I have It's a Game written like 20 times <laughs> in my notes. You know. I, I bet you do. Um, it, when he asked that, it made me think, well, is there a right, is there a wrong way to play? Isn't it, isn't there a game and you do what you can to win and that's what she did? Uh, but but we'll, we'll, we'll come back yeah. to that. We'll return yeah. to that. After some discussion with Suri, Andy, host Andy, also asks... <laughs> the newbies, the new faces, how they felt about being on the show with famous people like Ryan, etc. And there's this really interesting moment where Michael talks about how he was a big reality fan and he knew several, if not all of them. He loves reality TV. And he openly says he would have blindly followed people like Rachel and Suri. He would never have voted for them. What, what do you make of that, David? Yeah, I, and this is something, I think we discussed it in the finale recap, that we this did. is a you know a problem with having half celebrities and half regular people call them newbies uh you know i obviously love the ending uh, the way it came out uh to my mind was perfect but from an objective game perspective you're going to have situations exactly like Michael explained where the newbies will naturally follow the people they have previously seen on tv yeah and you know i posted the videos on the various platforms that i have and michael responded on instagram uh saying it was bad for his game but great for his experience (laughs) and he added that he would have loved to say he he couldn't differentiate between fan and player but to be honest he would have done the same thing andy and quentin did at the end if he'd made it that far and i I mean someone like suri is already naturally a very good social and strategic player but you take that and you add the fact that she's played survivor four times and that she is known to some most maybe all of these people probably not all i'm sure there were a couple who didn't but uh and you've got just this almost insurmountable hill for the new people to climb because they've they're fighting against the experience and the kind of hero worship yeah on one hand i understand what michael says about what maybe not blindly following them but following them understand that actually tactically keeping them as allies is probably a very good idea but to say that he would never have voted for them I think, is that not incredibly foolish? Uh, if you're acknowledging that they're very good at playing games, then surely you've got to think they, they're probably going to make very good traitors if they're traitors. So it seemed a bit short-sighted of Michael. Well, like yeah, yeah. But like he said, it was, he had, you know, like he said to me, he acknowledged it was, you know, bad for his game, but the experience of being there with these people, uh, you know, he enjoyed that. And it's something that, tends to happen on mixed seasons of reality shows, whether here or Survivor or whatever, uh, Big Brother, you're more likely, I think, just talking off the top of my head, going to get a returning player winning for all those reasons. And so I do think that it will be interesting to see what the U.S. version of the Traders does going forward yeah now i was i use an app 
to track my TV viewing. And I often wondered, how does this app make money? They must sell my information. Okay, whatever. Well, they also apparently get paid by certain production places to do surveys because uh, one just popped up and said, I see, you know, we see you follow the traders. Uh, here's this, uh, this um, survey. And as I'm saying this, I just realized I, it, it said I'm not supposed to talk about the survey. So I won't talk about <laughs> what was in it, uh, except that it, I would say that it appears that they're still considering what to do and gathering opinions. Like, should they go full celebrity? Should they go uh, full newbies or half and half? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what they'll do to me if they hear this podcast. I mean, like they paid <laughs> me to do the survey. So, <laughs> Well, that's exactly what I was going to ask your opinion about. I, 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 get, I got the impression they would, they would continue with at least some celebrities. Do you think there's the possibility of them bringing back season one players for season two of The Traitors? Off the top of my head, I'm going to say no, because I can't. And this is no disrespect to the season one players, but I can't think of any that really jumped out because so many of the new players were overshadowed by the returning celebrity players. Yeah. And so I, I just I guess it's possible they could, but I think they'd rather if they're going to do a mix, they're going to do like. Again, returning Survivor, Big Brother, other franchises, and uh, then completely new players. I think if they're doing a mix, that's what they would likely do. Yeah. I'm going to place a bet right now. If the appearance fee is high enough, I bet that Kate Chastain would come back for another <laughs> season. <laughs> I bet I mean, they depends. want her back. It depends when it films too. I mean, she's going to have a new baby soon. So. That's true. I can I can see them changing filming schedules around that. <laughs> Not because she's a great player, just because she's no. great TV. <laughs> yeah. And this time they should make her a traitor. <laughs> yes. Or make her not, or make her a faithful and just make everyone yeah. think she's a traitor again. Yeah. Next in the reunion episode, then we have a recap of Christian's journey throughout the show. The thrust of it seems to be about how he basically talked too much and he was too frenetic, too high energy for a traitor. In the show, yes, he was like that. However, I mean, my impression, I, I spoke to Christian on a previous episode of the podcast. My impression was he was nothing but charming and lovely. Uh, I actually, when I was recording with Christian, uh, we had a bit of an audio problem when we started he couldn't hear anything I was saying, and I was beginning to panic. I could hear him, he couldn't hear me, and I really thought, he's, after five minutes, he's had enough of this, he's going to tell me he's far too busy, and he, and he's going to cut off the, the meeting. But he was he was so kind and patient, and he was determined to, he, he, he wanted to figure out what the problem was. He was apologising to me, because he thought he'd done something <laughs> wrong. So we figured it out, and it was fine, but uh, it, was, it was absolutely lovely. He says that his tactic was to be extra and to play the dumb guy. And the thing is, everyone, it's its really easy to make fun of Christian and everyone does. He, he did pretty well, you know, like he, he got pretty far so they can criticize all they want. <laughs> yeah, he did. I, 
I don't know. I mean, he did say, you know, he was going to be over the top and loud and everything. It's hard to play a role for however many days they're out there. I haven't figured out exactly if like one episode is one day or two days or three days. I haven't quite figured that out yet, but uh, they at least portray it as one day. Yeah. But even keeping it up for, you know, the almost two weeks, that's difficult. And I just, I don't know. He admitted in the reunion, yeah, it was a lot of bad acting, you know, and and it was. The fact, the fact that uh, host Andy introduced him as an actor, or rather, I guess Christian responded, he's an yeah. actor. I, I thought it, I just started laughing. I mean, it was, it was like, wait, you're an actor and you, <laughs> you did such a poor job of acting, but there is something in uh, American reality television that taught, there are some people in the past who have done this, um, Dr. Will on uh, Big Brother and some others since then, which is you make your target so large that people can't see it anymore. Yeah. And in a way, I think that's what Christian was sort of doing. He was being so over the top that we could sit here and watch and be like, how are they not picking up on it? But they're dealing with this version of him all the time. And they think it's just normal him for a lot of the time. And so I, I think in a way it worked. It, it didn't look like it would on TV. And yeah, we're sitting here like, how does nobody realize what's going on but i mean kyle even said his name never came up yeah yeah we also have this sort of chat about christian had a crush on shelby and now he's dating geraldine i've just written in my notes who cares <laughs> I, I think <laughs> i think this is an example of them trying to housewifeify the traitors and i sort of think that's that's not what i I don't think that's what this show's about. I don't know if the viewers care about who's dating who. It's the same with they have a they have a chat about fashion and they're trying to yeah. stir up this conflict between Kate and Rachel and oh Kate, what do you think about what Rachel's wearing tonight? It's it's funny, but I mm -hmm. I didn't tune in for this. Uh, I mean, what do you what do you think of this kind of thing? Yeah, I mean. Uh... The Christian Geraldine thing, I had to be reminded who Geraldine was. Uh, but even once I was reminded, I knew how to spell her name. Yes. There is there is no world in which Geraldine ends in a D-E-A-N. So I don't know if Christian was playing that for laughs. I'd like to hope that he was, um, but he didn't seem to be. So maybe he's a better actor than we give him credit for. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know... I, I guess it's fine. They always want to throw things like this in there. Um, I haven't paid attention on social media to see if it continued past the reunion. Uh, I, uh, because like you, I, I don't care enough to find yeah. out. They're, they're certainly in touch and friends and they sort of tag each other and things. Uh, who knows? <laughs> I, by the way, for the listeners, uh, right after I've spoken to David, you'll hear my interview with Angelica from The Traitors. And I asked Angelica, no spoilers for the interview, I asked Angelica to spell Geraldine and I will not tell you whether she was successful or not. You'll have to wait and hear that. I'm, I'm uh, betting on yes. Could be. We'll see. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying nothing. It's. I, I just have one extra note here. 
and that's there's been a lot of chat online about you know oh is there going to be a traitors uk reunion well will the bbc do this i don't think there will be i think it feels very un-bbc to me i know it's <laughs> it's maybe not the bbc who produce it but it feels uh, maybe, I, I don't know, a little bit more uh, American reality TV. I, I don't think it's going to happen in the UK. Next up, we're presented with this montage of lots of whispers and theorising and conspiracies, mostly focusing on Kate, Rachel, Michael and Cody. Andy, host Andy, asks Quentin, he says you were wrong about almost every single person you voted for at the round table. Has it affected your career? Uh, a bit a bit of a personal question <laughs> I, i'm sure it hasn't uh but you did you did uh coin quentin the the wrongest man in america i think yeah i i, I don't know if i coined it but i certainly stole it if i didn't coin it <laughs> um yeah and uh we'll get to more of him being the wrongest uh, we will <laughs> yeah there there's a bit of tension between uh, cody and michael again there's there's this running rift. I think the sort of the theme of this reunion episode is the rift between gameplay and personal connections, which mm-hmm. we'll we'll see towards the end of the episode when Siri begins to talk about how she won. Michael uh, is upset that Cody talked about him at a round table. Cody points out this is the aim of a trade it's a game and i was a traitor and i had to get rid of people uh it's it, i i still feel like some of them don't get what they signed up for they are not appreciating this was a giant game well i think for michael uh there's more to it and i don't want to delve into everything but someone responded on one of my instagram posts and said that they you know they treated cody poorly in this and i said well i think cody got exactly what cody deserved uh and and then michael like i said before had seen some of my instagram posts he saw this person saying that and knew that they were talking about him and so michael responded with additional information about how he knew it was game and he was okay with that and then he talked to cody and it was game and then somewhere along the lines like while watching something happened where he saw that it had become personal in his mind and i don't want to misquote michael or take anything out of context so i'll just have to leave it at that but I think Michael, of all people, having watched the game and being a fan for a long time, understands it. But he felt that, especially the way Cody was playing, that Cody was playing with his bros and, as he called them, his dumb girls. <laughs> and uh, that, you know, since since Michael was neither of those, that's why he had to get rid of them. And, I mean, Cody is known for playing with his bros on Big Brother. Um and sometimes taking advantage, not in the game, of of some of the women in the game. Um, but he, I mean, he's, you know, made it to second and to first. So he's, you know, he's managed to make that work on Big Brother. It's just that, yeah, it is kind of a situation where I think Michael sees I wouldn't fit in as a piece of your puzzle. Yeah. I noticed this. Uh, sort of interesting moment between Cody and Rachel, they discuss the rift. Now, they are both uh, sort of big brother alumni. They accuse one another. They 
they apparently were both accusing one another throughout the show uh, of being a traitor. And mm-hmm. I remember this from the very first episode. In episode one of the traitors, after the tra- the three traitors had been selected, there is a a clip of Rachel in the interview saying immediately, "I think Cody's a traitor." And because I, I remember thinking, "Oh wow, she's right. she spotted it already." But then it just sort of disappeared, and we we don't get much reference to it for you know for the next five six episodes. Rachel seems to never mention it again. And I always thought that was a bit strange. But I, I mean, I, I guess a lot of it's probably been edited out. Yeah, I think that it's a situation, like she said, she was telling people and no one would listen. So at some point you just, you know, have to give up or move on. Yeah. And if there's not a dramatic reason to show it, then they don't bother to show it. They want to show the other people accusing Cody, who Cody's therefore going to go after, or you know, accusing Suri or Christian. Yeah. We then move on to a recap of Kate and her shenanigans. Uh, mm-hmm. Host Andy asks why she took part. She says she didn't really realize there would be physical challenges. <laughs> she wanted to be on a show where she didn't have to wear a uniform, like on her show Below Deck. Not the same kinds of reasons as the other players, I don't think. Uh, they talk about Notegate when she and Brandy had written a list of names on a piece of paper. And they, you know, Kate's asks, why did you leave that line about? Wasn't that really silly? Her answer is, whoopsies. Uh, she, <laughs> she doesn't really, she says she doesn't really do reality competition shows. She didn't really think about whether or not this was a bad idea. She generally just doesn't really, I don't want to say she doesn't care. She's not as invested as everybody else. So, uh, yeah, it makes me laugh. Yeah, I will say, you know, I think I mentioned uh, again on the finale recap podcast, that I wasn't a fan of Kate, um, <laughs> but I I did enjoy her more on the reunion, maybe because it's she was in small doses. Maybe it's because she was one of the people pushing back on some of the others. And it's a game. Hello. And so, you know, maybe the fact that she was on my side uh, made it uh, better. But, um, I, yeah, I just uh, enjoyed her in this small dose more. Yeah. She's also questioned about her strategy. And, of course, she says she didn't have a strategy. Yeah. <laughs> she only All she says is that she was pretty sure that the Faithfuls were all doing a really terrible job. The traitors were going to win, and she was right, a traitor did win. Mm-hmm. So she just gave up trying at some point because she could see how badly it was going. Uh, the The mission with the barrels briefly comes up, I think. And this mm-hmm. is something I asked Angelica about this in her interview, and she explained a little bit more about what was actually going on there behind the scenes. There's, there's more to that than meets the eye. Hmm. Uh, so you know, if you if if listeners uh, stay on for my interview with Angelica, you'll hear her thoughts about why Kate was doing that. It's, it's very interesting, actually. Yeah, and I mean, I think Kate was, you know, I didn't like what she was doing, but there was logic to what she said, which is, why should I work hard to get money for someone else? You know, I know yeah. I am not going to win. It is clear to me that I am not going to win. Now, do I think she should have just quit at that point or something yeah but she probably had some sort of appearance fee for the number of days that she was on there um i think 
I think that was a reason, and we'll get to this, I know, but that, like, Sari talked about keeping Stephanie around. I, you know, it, from a strategic standpoint, there are reasons, but also if they get a certain appearance fee for the number of shows they're on, then again, you are you are helping your friend by keeping them around. And uh, so I think that she probably didn't want to quit because there are usually clauses in reality show contracts that if you actually quit, there's some penalty. So she was just hoping people would get rid of her, but no one would. <laughs> yeah. There is now a section about Ari and his recruitment, his late recruitment as a traitor. He says that when he found out that Sari and Christian were the traitors. He was totally surprised. He thought that Quentin and Kate were the traitors at that point. Christian talks about why why they picked Ari. He says he thought Ari would be a good choice because, well, Christian says he was he was afraid of Sari and he thought he needed, I guess, one of his bros, one of his mates on side. <laughs> so that's why he wanted Ari around. Uh, although, it, you know, it didn't work, obviously, yeah. for Christian. <laughs> so, David... I think we can now start to talk about the crux of this episode. And it really all centers on Sari, how she won, how people feel about it. Take it away, David. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you talked about how it started off by them giving clips of Sari. And I'm like, oh, this is good. You know, they're they're giving her props and, uh, you know, noting that she had been called the best uh, to never win Survivor. But now she would just be known as simply the best and and all of that. And then from then on, it was like a contest to beat up on Sari. And the, some of the players did it. Host Andy did it. Production did it. Uh yeah, so I was very upset about the whole situation. And it started with, like you had mentioned, when, every, when they said, uh, raise, raise your hand if, if you disagree. And in particular, four people's hands went up. And that was Andy, Quentin, Ari, and Stephanie. Now, Stephanie's surprised me the most because her complaint didn't make a whole lot of sense. No. Part of it was that she protected Suri and Suri didn't protect her. And, you know, I, I, I just mentioned about the, uh, about the appearance fee thing. So, okay, maybe, but in this game, it is not the trader's job to protect the faithful. And it, so the reason that Suri kept her around was because she was protecting Suri. So, of course, you're going to do that. And the the thing is that Stephanie was just on a show with Suri just shortly before they had filmed it, where Stephanie was. It was very similar, but much shorter. And Stephanie was the one in the role who had to lie. Stephanie did a really bad job of it, <laughs> but she was the liar there. And yet now when it's Suri being the liar, that's suddenly not okay. So that I, I still don't understand exactly what Stephanie's issue is. I kind of want to ask, but I kind of don't. She follows me on Instagram. Uh, she was the one who actually tagged Michael in uh, one of my videos that got him to comment on it. But I, I, I don't know that I want to ask, honestly. Uh, so if she happens to hear this, fine. But it's just very strange. I'm, I'm still not sure. And then on top of it, for her to say, I was pretty damn certain that she was a traitor. 
Yes. Uh-huh. I've written this down as well. <laughs> First of all, I don't believe that. Sorry, Stephanie. I don't believe that. Second of all, if she was pretty sure, then that's more reason for Sari to get rid of her. Yeah. You exactly. know, if you're, if Sari wanted to keep the people who would keep her safe. Yeah, a couple of things Stephanie said confused me a bit. Uh, her and Bam both accused Sari of using people and keeping allies around. And I thought, um, yes, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, I didn't and... think, I, I, sorry, I didn't think Bam was accusing. I thought he was explaining. I thought okay. he was on Sari's side and saying, oh. you know, yes, she kept the people who she could manipulate. That's the way I read it when I watched it was that Bam was on her side. Okay. And it made me think, well, damn it, why didn't we have more Bam in the show? Yeah. I, I read it as accusatory. I, I, I need to watch it again now. I need to I need to review this. Uh, but you're right. Stephanie also claimed that she was pretty damn sure Siri was a traitor. And I've mm-hmm. just written in giant capital letters, huh? Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, throughout the show, she is telling other people all the time, no, I'm sure, no, we can trust Siri, it's fine. Uh, no, she is definitely not her. So this, unless, unless that was all a, a facade, uh, but I, yeah, I don't think it, I, I, that really confused me the most. I thought I'd misheard yeah, Stephanie. Yeah, my all capital letters were right. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that she said something like she didn't voice it, but she thought it or something like that. It's like, well, that's totally unprovable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. But again, if that was true, more reason to not keep her around. Yeah. What I liked was that Kate says, actually, she was really happy for Sari and she thinks that she played masterfully. And I yeah. thought, yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah. One reason the cake got more on my good side, you know. That, <laughs> uh, but then the, the part that galled me part of the most Part of the month. And I think I know uh, what you're going to say. <laughs> is when the show tried to guilt Suri about not giving money to the other finalists. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to bring up. I I don't even have the words for that. I know it was a Facebook question, but they chose to put it on the air. And, you know, Facebook questions are usually the dumbest. Let's just face it. Suri <laughs> won. You don't give out consolation prizes. They don't ask the winner of Survivor or Big Brother to give some money to the people they voted out along the way. When you win a big poker game, you don't offer the money back to to those who lost. There shouldn't be a guilt trip here. I think it was disrespectful. I think I, I, I it's just it's just terrible for the show to do it. It would have been one thing. If like one of the players had been like, "Wow, you knew that I needed, you know, twenty thousand dollars," but no, for the show to do it, and on top of that, the prize it was I'm going to say only two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which is a nice sum, more than the British show, um, and you know I I'd take it, uh, but mm-hmm. after taxes, that's under two hundred grand. Uh, she said she wants to buy a house for her mom. Okay, I don't know how big a house, but I can tell you that would pretty much where where I live, which is a low cost area. Okay, so not a major city that would pretty much take care of it right there for a modest house. Yeah. 
Um, she's, she's not going out and spending it on sex, drugs, and rock and roll here. She, <laughs> she should be allowed to take care of the ones she loves without ha- being made to feel guilty about it. Yeah. It, it didn't bother me as much. I just, I just found it confusing. I thought, isn't the point of winning, you know, host Andy asks, right. have you considered splitting the money with the other finalists? And I thought, isn't the point of winning to not do that? Otherwise, why would she have bothered? And I thought, if the Faithfuls had won, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't ask the Faithfuls, oh, did you think about just giving some of it to the traitors? They would never ask right. that. Right. Right. So. And, I mean, if anyone was going to, and I know we haven't gotten into Ari yet, but I do want to bring up, Ari, I looked him up online. And at least according to a celebrity net worth online, he is worth about $4 million. And, um, you know, at one point, Andy even said Ari wanted them to have that money. And so, okay, Ari is rich. Ari goes on and on about how, you know, again, I know I'm skipping around a little bit here, but he goes on and on about, uh, you know, Sari. Why isn't he giving money? He has a lot more money than she does. <laughs> He, he, you know, 4 million is a lot more than 250,000. So if he feels so bad, why is he not doling out to everybody? Yeah. Cody is also asked about Suri's victory. And he says he couldn't have done what Suri did. Although I think the way I interpreted it was he wasn't criticizing her. He was acknowledging how difficult it was and that he wasn't up to the task. I thought that's what he meant. And Christian... I think chips in to defend Suri as well. He he says, well, you know, that's we were traitors and that's how we had to play the game. We had to backstab people because various other players were saying, you know, you stabbed me in the Mm -hmm. back, you betrayed me. And Christian was saying, well, what was our alternative? That's what we were supposed to do. I also thought Christian seemed to be very uncomfortable throughout the episode. Uh, There were very shots of him looking... I, I, I actually thought he looked upset. And this is something else I asked Angelica about, and she agreed with me and talked a little bit about that. I don't know if you thought the same. I didn't notice it as much with him. Um, I was more focused on the multiple times that we saw Sari with tears in her eyes, like literally below her eyes. It was wet, and then clearly, you know, they would do a break and, you know, clean up and and then have it happen again. Um, But I did think... Yeah, that question about that Cody was talking about, it started off well, but then he claimed he couldn't have done what Sari did because of the personal side, which to anyone who's watched him play Big Brother, that's BS. <laughs> he has backstabbed people in, in Big Brother. He has backstabbed people he knew outside the game in Big Brother when he returned. So for him to claim that he couldn't do what Sari did again. He's just, it's, I don't know if it's bitterness or just ignoring, you know, not wanting to see in yourself what you see in other people. Um, and, and then, you know, he was upset with her apparently that, that she turned on him and it's like, no, she explained it. She would have been stupid to defend him too much. Yeah. You know, you can't do that in any of these sorts of games. As soon as you start defending someone that much, you will absolutely be pegged as as a traitor, whether you are or not. But in this case, she was. So 
you know, she said it. She wasn't the one who brought up his name, but she had to go along. Yeah, exactly. She says that she didn't lead targeted banishments. She went along with the names that everybody else was already talking about. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, she, she can't make herself stand out too much, either by defending people or by very obviously spearheading campaigns against people. Uh, and she, she was very sort of emphatic about that. Ari then, he talked about this, the fire of truth at the end. He suggests that there was a lot more discussion after Siri threw her red flame in that, that didn't make it to air. He says there was a, he implies there was a lot more they spoke about that we just don't get to see. Apparently, and you, you've alluded to this, uh, apparently Siri talked to the others about, you know, who needed the money the most, mm -hmm. suggested that Ari didn't really need this money, rather than suggesting Ari was a traitor, and that's why she'd thrown the red flame in. I Something seems off about all of it. I'm not sure what to make of it all. I don't know that he was saying that it happened after the, you know, after the fire turned red. Because uh, in a previous interview, he had said that he believed she talked to the two of them on the boat when they okay. were on the final okay. mission. And I think also Quentin talked about, you know, that the three of them had talked about going to the end together. And so I think he knew as soon as that fire turned red that he was goner. And there was nothing he could do about it. And so he didn't want to, you know, make a big deal and, and turn it into a big fight and everything because he knew he was the next one. So that's why he just quit. And it's like, well, so you, you quit because you knew you were about to be fired. Yeah. Um, so um, now he said that he gave a hint to Andy and Quentin about Sari being a traitor. They were pretty small hints. And there was, I mean, even after he told us what they were, I was like, really? Someone was supposed to catch that? Uh, <laughs> but, and obviously Andy and Quentin didn't. I mean, with Quentin, he could have flown a banner across the sky. <laughs> but I, I don't know. He, I'm glad he didn't go the route of blowing up the game, which, you know, he, I, I guess he could have done in, in some way. But I, I'm I'm glad he at least didn't do that. I still believe that there is probably language in the contracts that, you know, could go either way. And he has enough of a net worth that could actually you know, <laughs> make it worth suing if he did that and ruin their whole TV show. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is I, I go on about this all the time, but this is a big element of the game that I'm still confused about. Firstly, I agree I'm with you. I, I'm glad he didn't blow it all up and just say, oh, do you know what? Screw this. Siri's a traitor. Mm -hmm. he, he didn't do that. And I don't want to give a spoiler for UK traitors, but right. there's something that does happen uh, in the UK traitors where uh, a traitor it makes you, it makes gives you away an awful lot uh, in a way that I, I still haven't made my mind up about. But what I'm confused about still, even having spoken to various players from the show, I still don't understand what is in place to stop traitors very explicitly ratting one another out. Because from as far as I can tell, there isn't anything in place to stop someone. You know, a, 
a traitor could get banished at any point, not just in the finale episode, but at any mm. point, a traitor could get banished, could be furious about it, and could quite easily, on their way out, say goodbye, and by the way, here are the other traitors. Now, it's right. incredibly unlikely, probably, that anyone would do that, but there's still a chance, and it seems to me that if that happened, the you know production would kind of be screwed. You know what do they do at a point where a traitor tells everybody who the other traitors are? It's it'd be pretty hard for the traitors to then act and say, oh no, that they were just kidding. I promise I'm not. I I just don't know how the program maker makers would work their way around that. And I asked uh, Nikki from the UK traitors about this. I said, you know what. What limitations are you given? What are you told you can say and not say? And she said, there's no real... She said, I, I didn't get... She was, I mean, fair enough, she was a faithful and she was banished. She was the first person banished. And she said, I, I wasn't told what to say or not to say. I was told I could say anything. Yeah, did you ask Christian? Not that, uh, sorry, but not that Christian strikes me as someone who reads every word of his book. <laughs> I don't think I did ask Christian about that. No, I should have. I'll have to ask a traitor in future for clarification yeah, on this. Yeah. Or what I really need to interview is a producer. I need to find a producer. Yeah, they might not want to tell you. I, um, I, I suspect they will not tell me, but I want to ask anyway. <laughs> I, I mean, I would think, okay, if I were running the show, when someone is a traitor, well, actually, it would be in everybody's contract. If I were running the show, it would say, if you are assigned or at some point become a traitor, you cannot reveal it. And here's what we mean by reveal it. Um, because it could be argued, you know, depending on how you view it, that just voting for someone says you're pointing to them as a traitor. So it would need a team of lawyers to come up with the, uh, the language that clarifies exactly what that means. Yeah. But otherwise... I don't know if I were the production company and and that did happen, I would probably do something like, oh, and now here's the big twist that when someone is uh, voted out, uh, let's just pick a number, uh, seventh, uh, we spin the wheel of fortune and we pick new <laughs> traders. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they'd have to something like that, or yeah, mm -hmm. we're we're going to we're going to recruit two new traitors tonight. I, I don't know something like that. Yeah, because it's interesting. You know, I uh, previously compared the game to Mafia, and I still think there's a a huge a lot of comparison there. The difference is in a game of Mafia, even if you are killed, if you're on the Mafia, and the Mafia wins, you win, even though you're dead you are considered to have won because your team won. And the same with the civilians. Obviously, that's not true in this game because there's only, well, one or several winners. So, yeah, there isn't that, there, there isn't that uh, restriction on yourself. You know, in the mafia, you don't want to go out and be like, oh, well, these other people are in the mafia too because that hurts your own chances of winning. Here, hmm, they don't care. It's just, you know, whatever they want to do for the show and, and everything else. Now, I would think that most of these people would be hoping for some sort of further reward out of the whole situation. Things they could definitely do to them, not invite them to the reunion. Okay. I don't know how much they're getting for the reunion. If I had to guess, 
five ten thousand dollars plus travel um just a guess maybe i'm wrong uh but i'm sure they wouldn't be invited back to the reunion yeah uh they wouldn't be under consideration for ever returning uh they wouldn't be under you know they would obviously you know be sort of blacklisted from any sort of other show so i think that all those repercussions plus just you know being hated you know by the viewing audience too i i would think that that pressure would keep them from revealing it but there's always going to be someone somewhere at some point that you know such that you do need to have something legal in there too yeah yeah i think there there must be there must be now i'm going to i'm going to take a bit of a shift here right so far i have been in favor of sari and i've been on your side david (laughs) Uh uh-oh i I haven't even started going yet on, on okay. the whole Andy Quentin thing. So, well, I'm still on Ari. This is oh, okay. this is one thing I don't understand about Siri, other than maybe something that you've just mentioned connected to money and how much the prize money actually is and what it means. I still can't quite get my head around why Siri took out Ari rather than just win with him because at that fire of truth it, it, everybody was bound to vote with their green flame and the traitors would win mm-hmm. that was pretty certain so when Sari throws in that red flame I, I still can't quite figure out her motivation when she was so obviously going to win something so that's the point where I shift a little bit and I think she didn't need to do that. Couldn't she just have won with Ari? I mean, her motivation was another $125,000. Well, yeah. Um, but, but, so uh, well, that's, I mean, that's literally half the prize money. And it, it is a risk, but I think it's a calculated risk because she did get to know these two personally. And... You know, you know, we will certainly, uh, hopefully, <laughs> get to that. Uh, but she played the whole game with Andy and a lot of the game with Quentin. She knew them. She knew that they trusted her. They would never go against her. And it's like she said, too, she was the one who had done all the work to this point. Whereas Ari, I mean, Ari tried to say, well, as a faithful, you don't feel like you have your life in your hand, blah, 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 whatever. Um, She had done the work. And when I say done the work, I mean, she had in a way molded Quentin and Andy to this point. She had put in all the strategy, all the social game. And why should she give this multimillionaire another 125 grand when she couldn't even buy her mom a house with 125 grand, probably. Yeah. So if your motivation is to go there and win the big prize, and you're pretty sure you have a lock on things, do it. I can understand that. I can understand, you know, the, the what the prize money means to different people. I just wish she maybe had said that more openly. I, I don't really buy the argument that Ari hadn't had to work as hard because I think, well, that's not his fault though. 
he wasn't chosen as a traitor and had no say in that and was then recruited by Suri. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he could have turned it down, but like he said, well, if he turned it down, he probably would, oh, yeah. would have ended up murdered. So he felt compelled to take it and become a traitor. It feels a bit unfair that he was then punished for that. It felt like, it felt like there was no way out for Ari and he had zero control and it just feels a I'm going to say it feels a little bit unfair but I am I know it's a game I know there's no there's no fairness in this game <laughs> yeah I don't I mean I don't consider it unfair I think if anything you know the one thing that Suri said was oh it was a spur of the moment decision uh, yeah, was it really I, I I'm sure the actual decision was at that moment but it I feel like it had to have been in her mind and she had been getting beaten up at this reunion. If she were to then turn around and say, well, I didn't do it because he's rich and he doesn't need the money and I did. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine what would have happened? Then? Sure. Yeah. So I think that it was probably a combination of all those factors, if I had to guess. Um, I, I do think that there is something to be said that she did the work. Um, because you can also argue that, you know, well, Andy and Quentin did their work as faithfuls. They, they didn't do it well, obviously, but they <laughs> did it. Um, and so if they hadn't recruited Ari, they would have probably killed him, you know? And even if he had been a faithful, I mean, Andy and Quentin thought he was a faithful when they were getting rid of him. Yeah. So he, he really didn't do the same amount of work as Suri. But more importantly, you know, it's a game to get to the end and win the prize. And Sari had already gotten there, and she had as close to a sure thing on these shows as you can have. Yeah. We've mentioned Quentin then a, a few times, and I think may, this may be another point we disagree on a little bit. I'm not sure. <laughs> Qu Quentin says... He feels Sari stabbed him in the back by referring to his kids as a reason to get rid of Ari. Uh, he says he doesn't mind that Sari was a traitor. He minds what aspects of his life she mined in her favour to achieve success. And Andy says the same sort of thing. Mm -hmm. They'd spoken about surgery they'd wanted. They had a baby on the way. I mean, it's fascinating because it raises the question... I think you've probably got a very straightforward answer to this question, but it raises the question, what is fair game? You know, and in, in, in this show, what what do you what do you use against people? So well, what do you think? Just about anything is fair game. But <laughs> um the thing is, you know, there were several things. You know, Quentin, you know, as I said, he was the wrongest man in the game, and he continued to be the wrongest man in the game. Um because you know, as Suri said, in the few seconds that she had to defend herself, she couldn't stab him in the back because she played the role she was given since day one. And then the part about stabbing him in the chest because of using the family. Okay. The logic here is severely missing because what Quentin is upset about is supposedly is that she used knowledge of Quentin's family to get Ari to quit. But even if Ari hadn't quit, Quentin would have gotten the same zero dollars. So 
it makes no sense from a game perspective. And Andy said similar things, too, that make no sense. Like, whether Sari used personal information or their personal closeness doesn't matter. Sari still would have won. She just would have had to split the money. Like you said, uh, you know, it was already at that point. Those two would have still gotten nothing. Yes. So, However, they wouldn't. But then that's my my argument is the same as your argument that she was going to win no matter what probably because they trusted her so completely i think they're angry because she didn't need to go the extra mile like she they, they trusted her so blindly she didn't need to convince them by talking about kids and family and stuff like that so what why did she you know i think that that's that's what bothers them is why did she go that extra mile but that's why they trusted her because she made those personal connections. Her game is a social game. She uses a lot of strategy too, but it is a social game. Even Andy said, this was the part that got me, that Andy did not see the connection. Andy said they made personal connections and that's what kept them in the game. And that's why they got as far as they did. But then Andy was mad when Sari allegedly used those personal connections against them. No, you can't have it just one way. You can't say, well, I'm using our personal connection to get forward in the game, but you can't use your personal connection to get forward in the game. Yeah. It's hypocrisy. And so, you know, again, it's a game. It's a game where there was strategy and it's a social game. And so... Yeah, it was, it was, again, you know, when host Andy asked what Suri did wrong, player Andy said she shouldn't have used, uh, Suri shouldn't have used personal connections to convince people she was a faithful. Yes, she should have. That's exactly how you convince people you're a faithful. How else are you going to convince people you're a faithful? The whole game is social. You have to use those connections. Um, and then Andy said, well, I say and then, this may be out of order, but uh, Andy said, I looked at you as my family. Okay, I'm sorry, Andy. That's your fault, not Cerise. Uh Kate even said it. You were in a game called The Traitors. And as Suri noted, when she was chosen as a traitor, she had no connections to anybody else except Stephanie. Uh, I think she uh, forgot one person there, but... Um, uh, that being Rachel, uh, you know, but Suri went onto the show to win money to help her actual family, not someone she's known for like a couple weeks. Yeah. So why, why is this stuff about why do Andy and Quentin's family deserve the money more than Suri's mom? They don't. They, they don't. They, yeah. I mean, you've 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 raised a couple of very important points, which is that, yeah, they're accusing Suri of using personal connections to get ahead, but actually they were doing the exact same thing. They, you know, the mm-hmm. the, the trio of Andy, Quentin, and Suri were all doing that to one another. They were using personal connect- connections because they thought they were going to win as a trio of, of faithfuls. At the expense of other people, so right. I suppose they were they were doing the same thing. And you're right. If they're going to be angry at Sari, they should be as angry at, at Ari 
because he was about to steal the money from them too. He just got kind of almost forcefully ejected. Well, he was forcefully <laughs> yes. ejected. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, they, they should probably be as angry at him because, you know, one different coloured flame and it all would have been right. very different. Uh, so, sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they seem to ignore Alan when he said, uh, uh, you know, as they were coming into the game, you are about to enter a world of backstabbing and treachery. Now, you with your <laughs> accent can say that much better than I can. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, they, they seem to have just forgotten about that. And then Quentin wasn't satisfied being the wrongest man on the traitors. <laughs> He decided to be the wrongest on the reunion <laughs> and the wrongest on Twitter, at least about this topic, because there are a lot of wrong people on Twitter. Um, he said on Twitter, here is what I know. Right or wrong, lying and backstabbing is not the way I want my coin. Okay, then, Quentin, here's a hint. Don't go on a show that's literally about lying and backstabbing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Also, Quentin on Twitter. I told production before we started the game, if picked, I would quit immediately because that's not the game I wanted to play. Um, now, uh, Alex, who is a contestant from the circle US and a huge reality TV fan, replied and noted that meant Quentin took a 13 plus hour flight to Scotland to film a show called The Traders and was willing to fly back if they made him what the show is called. <laughs> and Quentin was like, yeah. Uh, and then further Quentin on Twitter, he said convictions shouldn't change depending on what room you enter, whether on TV, getting it wrong or in real life living every day, I'm going to operate in integrity. I'm going to try and show compassion and I'm going to say what I feel and think. Here's what I say about that. I want to play poker against Quentin because apparently he would just turn his cards face up. <laughs> and, and based on what we saw, he'd also misread his hand. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he just, he apparently thought he was on a show you know, even though it was called the Traders, where they were just all going to sit in a friendship circle, sing Kumbaya, and share the money. Yeah, I I saw that on Twitter as well, and I first of all, I didn't really believe it, but also, even as a faithful, you still have to kind of backstab people. As a faithful, you still have to mm -hmm. banish other people from the game who didn't choose to be traitors. So. You know, every week he sat at the round table and wrote a name down. So every week he was picking someone to essentially say, I don't want you to have any of the prize money. So that's, you know, that's... Yeah, but to still... be fair, he was never... He, he never well, you're actually right. voted the right way. So, <laughs> you know, it, it didn't matter, you know. Um, I mean, maybe this is why he said that this has helped his uh, political consulting, because he's out there saying, I would never lie. I would never lie. I'm truthful. Maybe. Um, yeah, maybe but... this is all a ploy. I could be, but I, I mean, it's just to me, those two, Andy and Quentin, especially showed an absolute lack of understanding of the situation of being in a in a strategic social game. And it, it just took me back because these are the type of people who would go on Survivor and say, I want to compete with complete honesty, loyalty and integrity. And you can't do that. It's not how the games are played, or at least not how they're won. I literally helped create a T-shirt 
that mocks that viewpoint because it has on the front honesty, loyalty, integrity. And then on the back, it says scheme and plot because you scheme and plot behind the back. <laughs> so, you know, it's just it, it takes me back like two decades to when these shows were brand new when people didn't really know what you do on Survivor. And someone came in and they were like, oh, yeah, I'll, I want to build a new community filled with honesty and I would never lie to anyone. And there was a show called Survivor. This is literally called the trade heart <laughs> and the the emblem is a stabbing knife you know which is different than the uk one i noticed um yeah. so i i just i i don't get it i mean i i just look i i feel a little bit bad okay i hope andy gets the money they need to support their family get the gender affirming medical services they need but again why is that more important than Sari supporting her own mother and family? You go, you play these games to win. This was, you know, Sari played four times on Survivor and then one time on Snake in the Grass, which was a shorter show and smaller prize money. And now here she is, and she may have done other shows along the way too that I just don't remember. She finally won. And now people are like, you should feel bad for winning. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I think, all in all, this reunion episode actually reminded me what makes the show so appealing. Is <laughs> it's a game, yes, but it's a game that sucks in human interactions and feelings, mm -hmm. and no matter how it's played, there's this human element that will be fascinating, and it raises all sorts of questions, and it creates these interesting dynamics and human reactions. Um, whether or not anything is game in, in this game, it's just fascinating to watch different people react to it in different ways. That's that's what makes it so addictive, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there have been some things, I'll say, on Survivor where they were definitely off limits. Um, revealing that someone was transgender, for example, when they yeah, had not... I saw a clip uh, of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, th so there are certainly things that, yes, they go beyond the pale. Um, but I don't, you know, we didn't come to anywhere near that here. The fact that someone, you know, these two got personally close to each other and therefore she should abandon her family basically and not provide for her family because of someone she just met. 
I mean, you know, Sari talked about how the relationship she had with Andy and all those conversations and everything were 100% authentic, but they were in the game. She said, you can make real, authentic, lifelong friends from playing some of these games. And, you know, I think that's what Andy and Quentin and Ari, at least, were missing. In real life, I have friends I've made through playing poker. I know them. I know their wives. I know their kids. We've gone on trips together. But when we're sitting at a poker table, we're trying damn hard to fool each other and take each other's money. (laughs) And you know what? If I take $400 from them in one night or $1,000 or whatever it is, I shrug my shoulders and they would do the same to me. Four hundred dollars. I've never played poker with you. I would lose <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> well, I want Quentin to play with me. I play with uh, matchsticks. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing. They apparently, like Andy and Quentin, thought they were playing with matchsticks. It reminded me. My father plays with some of his friends, and they play with chips. And at the end, they, you know, they all give back all the chips, and it's all said and done. And it feels like that's what the type of game they wanted. But no, this is a game for real money. Yeah. Um. You know, I I do want to say it it really did make me upset to see Suri with literal tears in her eyes a couple times. You know, this should have been a celebration of her, not like a firing squad of complainers. Yeah. And again, I think that's why they sort of roped in Andy Cohen to make it (laughs) like a housewives reunion. Let's make everybody argue as much as possible. Who would have thought that Kate would be the one to sum it all up perfectly when she says, don't hate the player, hate the game. Kate, yes, that's that's it, I think. Yeah, Uh, I do have a a couple things I also wanted to mention. I forgot to mention this earlier about the people uh, playing. And that is people playing Survivor, when we were talking about what's out of bounds. Some people come and play Survivor, some of the best, they will swear on their wives. They will swear on their kids' lives. Um, and then you know, other people, you know, it's up to the other players, whether that's out of bounds or not, you know, because that's a voting game. This is not a voting game, uh, but that's a voting game. So if you swear on your kid's life and you never meant any of it, maybe the jury will be upset at you and, and won't reward you. But some have created like whole plans, like having a fake wedding ring to hand over as a show of supposed faith. Like, oh, I would never vote you out while you're holding my wedding ring. You know, not telling them it's a fake or a plan <laughs> to uh, have rocks supposedly representing their kids. Like my and I don't remember the exact specifics, like my kids gave me these rocks and they represent each of my kids. And I'm giving them to you to hold, to show my loyalty to you. So. Yeah, I mean, compared to what happened here, you know, what goes on on Survivor is much, can be much more intricate and even much more personal. Yeah. A couple of uh, final observations about this episode I had, uh, that some cast members are are really given zero airtime. Um, mm-hmm. Amanda, Azra, even Ryan Lochte. He is famous in his own right. Has about two seconds of airtime. Uh, yeah, didn't he? Did did he have another baby? Or I mean, obviously his wife or is she oh, yeah, pregnant yeah, again or something? Right. Yeah, that, yeah, I think that was all we got from him. Yeah, and I understand they maybe left a bit earlier, or you know, mm-hmm. most of the excitement of the season was around the final four, five, six players. It just feels, you know, they could have at least given them 
a question or two to answer. <laughs> it felt very pointless. I mean, I noticed Azra one in one shot in the background, and I thought, "What? Oh, what? You? There's no purpose in you being here." Yeah, <laughs> except to collect the money, the appearance yeah. fee. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, and apparently to get dinner uh, bought twice by Suri. Suri. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which they didn't complain about. Yeah. Notice notice that Ari wasn't speaking up to buy dinner for people. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is something that has uh, plagued these reunion shows forever. I mean, on Survivor, uh, for a long time, they had everybody come back. And... You know, there used to be like uh, betting betting pools for fun, like who will get called on, who won't get called on. Uh, it, it got to the point where the host would eventually go through and do very quick questions to at least acknowledge that they were there. Yeah. But and, and believe me, I'd have rather had some quick questions of those people rather than more and more of the same from Andy and Quentin and Ari. But but the other thing is. This was on a streaming service. They could have made it as long as they wanted. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, add in another 10 minutes and just ask those people. They they came and they played the game. Uh, maybe they did. Maybe it was a situation where they did ask those questions and then they just edited it out and was like, eh, those people are boring. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's, that's what happened, that everybody spoke, but in the <laughs> editing room, some of them are cut off not needed yeah. host andy had said you know what advice and and christian said you have to be very adaptable you can't be emotional and quentin of all people added trust no one <laughs> now um in our finale recap i mentioned about rules that i created for survivor and big brother and other games and said that a lot of them apply here yeah and a lot of this advice, these these three things could have been taken straight from those rules. Uh, rule three, be flexible. Rule four, don't let your emotions control you. Uh, for Big Brother, I have a specific rule that says trust no one. Uh, but inherent in everything is the first rule, which I mentioned is you know on the back of that shirt, scheme and plot. And obviously, Quentin and Andy and Ari wanted nothing to do with that and that wasn't even the advice that was given but that's the most important advice that you have to get to the end and you have to use you know strategy and your social connections to get there yeah absolutely the episode finishes with alan we return to alan oh he's back in a pretend <laughs> castle that's clearly not the actual castle of the film <laughs> He refers to the next season. He says, Fergus and I will be waiting for you, which suggests he'll be returning as host. David, do you see... Well, what season of Survivor are you on in the States? How many seasons have there been? We are on season 44. <laughs> wow. We are at season one of The Traitors. <laughs> Can you see this becoming a franchise? Do you think it has a long-term future? I think it has a future. I think it will depend a lot on how it is handled going forward. And that includes everything from casting to twists. Um, you know, I have mentioned before based solely on watching the season that I thought that the traders had an advantage and other people said that as well. Yeah. Um, I think that going forward, you're going to get even more of an advantage for the traders, unless something is done about that because 
Uh, even Cerise said on an interview um, on Rob Has a Podcast that she thinks there needs to be some balance for the faithful. So I think they need something. I think that some of the mechanisms on the UK traders worked better. Uh, some of the way they dealt with the shields worked a little bit better, I felt. Um, so even if they can start adapting some of those things. And I also think you're going to get more gamers now. I don't think you will get the Andes and Quentins in there. Um, now, I say that there are still people who come into Survivor. Um, you know, there was just one on Australian Survivor, uh, a few people who came in. And again, they're on their eighth new season. They had a few seasons and then went away for a while and then it came back. So they're on their eighth new season. Most of them have seen the U.S. seasons. So just pile all those on. And there's still some people who came in there and said, I want to be honest. And they were honestly voted right out of the game. So, <laughs> you know, it's possible that you could have a few Quentin-like people. But I think a lot more of them are going to be gamers. Yeah. And they're going to game super hard. And that will change some of the complexion. So, and again, it also depends on if they bring back the celebrity types. I think that that definitely helped give it a boost in the States. I think that they should spread it out. I don't think they should do the one-day dump of the whole season on Peacock. No. I think that they should spread it out more. I think that will help as well. Like, if they had done that, they could have better organized this reunion. You know, they could have seen what the what their, you know, the online version of ratings are as things were progressing instead of just, oh, my gosh, we need to do something here to capitalize on this. And so... I guess, I, you know, I think there will be at least a few more seasons. Um, I don't know that Alan will continue to host them. At some point, he may get a little tired of it. He, he's a busy man. Uh, <laughs> but um, I do think there will be, you know, at least a few more seasons. And then we'll see how things have gone at that point. Yeah. I In the most recent episode of the podcast, I spoke to Ivan from the Traitors UK. Ivan is a huge... Gamer, uh, role-playing games, this is what he spends a lot of his time doing. Mm. And he suggested the same, that for future seasons, they can't fundamentally change it so that it becomes a completely different show, but right. it probably does need a bit more waiting for the faithfuls. And he suggested elements of games like Mafia and Secret Hitler, mm -hmm. where some of the faithfuls can win other advantages or play different roles that might help them out. And yeah, I think... The shield mechanism needs to change. Uh, the Australian traitors, I think, did it better in that it was very clear who, every time somebody won the shield, everybody could see who had won it. You you win it in a mission. You, you do a challenge <laughs> to win the shield so you know mm -hmm. who's won it. But it didn't just protect you from murder. It protected you from banishment that week as well. Mm. Uh, so, which is ideal for a traitor, but... Right. Also pretty good for a faithful who feels like all eyes are on them falsely. So I, I, I can see that. I can see that changing. And I hope there are more seasons because then I will be able to do more podcasting about it. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, you're you're doing the UK version now and you're you're shooting those episodes out. And uh, then I presume you'll get to Australia after that. 
I, I don't know. Do you speak any foreign languages? Are you going to be uh, getting into the uh, other country, the, the non-English speaking versions? I Well, yes. Australian traitors is next on my hit list. And I speak incredibly rudimentary French. I don't think it's going to help me. So I, I need some subtitled or, or I need to just hire a translator. <laughs> I could just see someone standing by your TV <laughs> translating it as it goes. Yes, that's the um, way forward. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've thought about watching some of these shows because there are versions of Survivor, there are versions of The Circle, uh, etc. Um, I just don't feel like subtitled. You get the same, the the same emphasis, the same feeling from it. So I have never done that. Yeah. Uh, so I suspect the same will be true here. I'll just wait for for more. Uh, English language versions of it and hope that they uh, come out quickly. Yeah, I'll pilot some subtitled versions and I will give you recommendations on whether or not it's worth it. Okay. Have you watched the Australian Traitors? Not yet, not yet. I wanted to get the UK version in my head straight. Okay. Uh, listen to all your podcasts on it and then move on to Australia so I don't start confusing people. Okay. Because yeah, as yeah. it is, I'm watching two versions of Australian Survivor, two <laughs> versions of Survivor, US and Australian. Uh, you know, Canadian Big Brother is about to start if I decide to watch that. And then you've got, you know, this and other shows going on. So, I mean, there's only so many people I can keep in my brain at one time. Yeah, yeah. When you get to Australian Traitors, first of all, I must talk to you about it again on the podcast, but <laughs> I think you, you're going to love it. It's, it's fantastic. It's so good. But I've mostly it, heard that from Australian people, so I didn't know if there was an error <laughs> bias there. No, I, I definitely agree. It's, uh, I think it just makes my number one. Out of the three versions I've watched, I think Australia's up there. The build-up yeah, to the Australian finale is just unbelievable. Okay, well, see, for me, the hardest part is being objective because, you know, as was clear, I was very, very happy with the outcome of the U.S. version. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's hard to put that aside. So I'll just, I'll, I'll have to do everything I can to be objective. Yeah. Now, David, you've mentioned uh, Survivor and various other shows that you know a hell of a lot about. Where can we find you on social media? What should we check out? So uh, I'm on Twitter, at David Bloomberg, uh, D-A-V-I-D-B-L-O-O-M-B-E-R-G. Uh, and I talk about a lot of reality TV, plus a lot of non-reality TV stuff there, too. Uh, elsewhere, I am on social media. If you want the videos that I've been talking about, I mentioned Instagram. They, they all start with TikTok, and then they get uh, also posted on YouTube and on Instagram. There's usually a delay on Instagram. I've made it so I'm the same handle on all of those, and that's at David Bloomberg TV. Just all one word. So you could find me there. Uh, get all the different videos. You can see how many people agree with me completely 100% on my <laughs> thoughts about this finale um, and other things. Um, and then, of course, I do a podcast, which we're back, you know, since Survivor is back uh, in the U.S. I do a podcast on uh, the Rob Has a Podcast Network uh, called Why Blank Lost, uh, where we talk about why each player lost uh, with my co-host, Jessica Lewis, who played Survivor. And so we go through, we, we talk about the episode, and then we go through those rules that I had mentioned and see where they may have gone wrong. And so we just uh, uh, 
you know, we're just about to enter the second week as we're recording this. And so, um, you know, that's just started up. So, yeah, you can find that again on all the different podcast carriers. Uh, it's technically in the reality TV rehap ups, which is R-H-A-P dash U-P-S. If you're looking for those, um, you know, or just search for Why Blank Lost or my name. I'm sure it's all in there somewhere. Yes. And I don't even watch Survivor, but I find myself watching your videos on Instagram going, hmm, I wonder why this person did lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Australian Survivor, I don't do full uh, full podcasts. Those are uh, Australian Survivor airs three times a week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Wow. For I don't know how many weeks. Uh, they have more players, more weeks, more, you know, it's just the 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 fiscal nature of a smaller core audience and so uh so yeah there's a lot going on there so those are just the you know one to two minute videos that are posted in the uh the different places that i mentioned yeah david thank you so much for joining me on this reunion episode special for the traitors <laughs> us i will talk to you soon take care bye 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 Hello listeners! Now, that was a deep dive if ever there was one. It's always good to talk to David because he knows his stuff inside out and always has plenty of thoughts to offer up. Send me a message and let me know what you think about Suri and her treatment on this reunion episode. Now, it's not quite over yet for the Traitors US Season 1. This might be a good time in the podcast for a wee pause... You could go make yourself a cup of tea, go chill in your traitor's tower, book a holiday to Scotland, then get ready for part two, my interview with one of the US faithfuls who made it all the way to episode seven of the Traitors US and returned for the reunion episode, so has plenty to tell us about it. My special guest for this episode of The Trader is a faithful who made it all the way to episode 7 of The Traitors US. Angelica, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I'm doing really good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really well. Thank you so much. Now, on this episode of the podcast so far, I've just finished a deep dive into the reunion episode of The Traitors, which aired last week in the US and just became available here in the UK. So I know a lot of people have just watched it. Before I ask you all about that episode and about your time on the show in general, I'm going to introduce the trader traitor to you. Angelica, you played the traitors as a faithful, but this is your chance to be a traitor. Our goal throughout this episode, from here on in, is to tell one lie to one another. The lie has to be a fabrication or a made-up fact. It can't be a fake opinion, like saying you still secretly hate Ari, because we'd have no way of detecting fake opinions <laughs> from one another. Okay, okay. <laughs> At the end of the episode, we'll then put our traitor hunting skills to the test and guess what we thought the other person's lie was. Does this sound good? Yep, that sounds perfect. Fantastic. Our game begins now. So to actually to get us going, I have a question from someone on Twitter. So okay. uh, a user called Divarazis on Twitter asks, what inspired you to take part in the traitors in particular? I think he means as opposed to any other kind of show, what was it about the traitors that made you want to ap apply? 
So it's funny. I, um, I actually got, you know, the opportunity presented to me because a lot of the cast, I think everyone out of the regulars, uh, the civilians, aside from Michael, was recruited from the circle. Um, Uh. So I was actually, I applied for the circle because it was a social media game and I'm like just super tech savvy. I love social (laughs) media. I'm a social media manager for restaurants. Uh, So I thought I'd be really good at that game. Um, So I was in the UK for a month. It didn't work out. Um, I came home and then they were like, we have this new show, The Traders. It's going to be in Scotland. Um, And I I'm just such a gamer. And right away, as soon as I heard about the concept, it was something that interests me. I'm not the type of person that was like going on a reality show just to be on a show. It truly was to play a game. If anything, the aftermath of the show is what like scared me the most and was making me the most hesitant to go on something. Um, But I was just really excited to play the game. Like I'm so like a fun fact about me is that I've never lost in the game of Clue. Like and I felt like it was very (laughs) Clue vibes. So I yeah, I just it was it was something that interested me. And I it was an opportunity that presented itself. So I couldn't say no. I see. Now, you've sort of half answered the next question. I have a question from Jane Talks TV on Instagram. Jane asks, well, she asked two questions. Have you been to the UK before and did you enjoy Scotland? Okay, so yeah, I when I was in for the circle, I was in Manchester. I flew into London and then I stayed in Manchester for a month. And I... As I was leaving Manchester, I said, this will be the last time you will ever see me again in our <laughs> lifetime. I will never be back to the UK. I absolutely hated it so much. I did. I was on a strictly every other day Taco Bell diet because I could not handle the food. And <laughs> then sure enough, I come back to Scotland and I had a completely different experience. I absolutely loved Scotland. Oh. Um, so those are my only two experiences with the UK and both were very dramatic. So, <laughs> sounds like it. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad Scotland uh, changed your mind. Yeah, it really, really did. I flew into Amsterdam, loved Amsterdam, and then flew into Scotland, and we were in Inverness, and it was amazing. Excellent. Uh, a final question from someone online, Martin Edwards on Twitter asked, "How did it feel arriving at the castle to meet a group of previous reality TV personas? Did it impact your initial reaction or?" thoughts about anyone so it's so crazy like the day i think it was the day before flying to scotland i got in a call with one of the like producers and he was like okay well i just want to run something by you and like let you know um how would you feel if when you got to scotland and you got to the castle um you saw some familiar faces so this was the first time during the entire like four month process of this whole thing that i had heard anything of you know, I, I don't really know what that meant, like familiar faces. So that can mean famous people or that can mean somebody that I know personally. So I, I didn't really have an answer anything other than that. So, you know, where I wish they would have shown this, but they had to cut it out. Um, but we the first scene that we filmed was on a train. I, did you hear about this scene? Well, there was a the in the UK version they showed the contestants on the train, but that seemed to be missing from the US version. 
Yeah. So they cut the whole, the whole first day was just this train. So I was one of the first four people on the train. So it was me, Shelby, Michael, and Quinton were the first four people on the train. And you know, you go to stops, you pick people up. And so they're picking up all the civilians and then they're like, all right, we're going to go back to the first train stop. And they go back to the first train stop and they're, they're like, we're going to start filming you guys. And we're like, okay, great. They start filming us and we pull up and all 10 celebrities are standing there in a line. And that's like <laughs> the first time it like hits you. And we were losing our mind. Like Shelby was, uh, so me and Shelby were sitting together. They had us all in separate carts and it was just me and Shelby. And we were both losing our minds. Like I was specifically bugging out about Ari, Cody and Rachel um, just because I'm, my cousin was on big brother. And so I'm a huge big brother fan. I've always watched. And I obviously from the reunion, I've been a part of bachelor nation forever. So I was really excited to see Ari. Um, and believe it or not, we had assigned seats on the train mm-hmm. and I had noticed that the seats next to me were Ari and Kate. So then as soon as I saw Ari, I was like, this is the Ari that's about to sit on next to me. <laughs> So yeah, and it was it was absolutely incredible seeing them. Did your opinions change about well, I'm pretty sure you're going to talk talk about Ari. Apart from Ari, <laughs> did your opinions change? This is also kind of a question from Martin, because he asked about three questions in one. Um he asked, Did your opinion opinions change about anyone throughout the show? Any I think he means of the reality stars. Yeah, yeah. So I really like, um, I I think because I've never watched any Bravo ever in my life and a lot of the people who were there were Bravo, I didn't go in with any preconceived notions. So I really was able to build my opinions as I went along with these people. So I don't know if any opinions changed. It's just opinions had been made during the process. But aside from Ari, yeah, no one's opinions really changed. I think Cody was... Actually, I'm lying. I, at first, I thought, I thought Cody was like, um, I, I, I felt like he fit in more with the Bravo Lebs a little bit. And then, as I really got to know him, I'm like, oh my god, this this guy's amazing. Like, he's super genuine. He's like that. I'm very emotional, and I felt that he was being very emotional during the castle. So we really connected on that level, and like we grew a bond that I didn't think we were going to grow. Yeah. Wow, oh, that's good. Yeah. But- how was it being on set with Alan? Uh, Alan was on Seth Meyers a week or two ago. Uh, he said filming The Traitors was the best thing he did professionally in 2022. What was that experience like? Um, I don't know if like everyone's just like pretending they had this relationship with Alan that like I just personally didn't have. But like <laughs> I, I don't think me and Alan spoke like two words to each other aside from that like Azra moment that was shown on camera. I I don't know. I, maybe I was upstairs in wardrobe. Maybe I was getting interviewed. I don't know where I was when these people were hanging out with Alan, but I was not around. <laughs> I had zero relationship with Alan. I, he came on, delivered his lines, you know, would have to say them a few times and then would walk off. Like, I remember walking up to the castle for the first time and seeing Alan for the first time and Christian actually I don't know if he spoke about this but he went to go walk up and shake Alan's hand and he was super excited and Alan like backed up and like put his hands up and was like whoa like what are you doing and Christian was like oh my god sorry dude and that was like the one interaction I've seen somebody have with him okay now I have questions about um, various events that happened throughout your time 
on the traitors. You seem to be literally in the middle of Kate and Rachel's outfit showdown at breakfast. Mm -hmm. Uh, how, How awkward was the tension between those two? You know what? I don't know if you can tell from my face, but I am so like over it at this point. Not over it, but I'm just so used to it. I was one of like me and Kate were extremely, extremely close in the castle. Um, I was one of the few people that never for one single second thought she was a traitor. Um, and so I was just used to her uh, wittiness and comments towards <laughs> everyone. So at this point, like you see me say like, wait, what'd you just say? Like, I'm just so used to it. Um, but the, <laughs> what's funny is what they don't show is after that little conversation that they had and she says oh well actually this vest is the vest princess diana wore rachel actually goes you know what i'm gonna take that comment back because i actually love your vest and i would wear it (laughs) (laughs) it was it was a little bit lighter i guess um in person uh but it was very very funny watching the two of them (laughs) a bit You just mentioned that you didn't think Kate was a traitor when most others seemed to. Why was that? Um, I felt that she was the only person in the castle actively looking for the traitors. So my beef with the Faithfuls was, like, let's say Quentin, for instance. Um, Kate's a traitor, Kate's a traitor, Kate's a traitor. Okay, great. Who's she a traitor with, Quentin? We, we know there's not one traitor. So, like, you think she... I, I didn't like the, um, there's one person I'm going after. It was never, like, there's a group of people that are traitors. Who could be these group of people working together? So, I just felt like Kate was so actively trying to find who the traitors were. And everything, you know, I was close with her and Brandy. So, like, Brandy was pretty on point. And Brandy would make sense. Like, okay, I think it's, I think it's, Cody, Sari, Christian, and Michael, that makes sense that these two could be working together. These two could be working as traders together. There's not four traders. So who's one that, you know what I mean? She had it a little bit off with Michael, but she had the other three traders nailed. And she was thinking outside the box, out as of a group. Um, who was having the conversation? And they were like, there needs to be, I think it was Kyle, was like, there needs to be a reality female. There yeah, needs to be yeah, a regular Kyle. guy. Like, those were Kyle was another one actively trying to find the traitors, like thinking outside the box, which is, you know, what I essentially really thought Kate was doing. Um, so I was just blindly following her. Whatever Kate said, I ate the fuck up. Like I was like, yes, you're 100 percent right. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause I uh yeah, I don't hear people often talking about that idea that you're really looking for like a group of people rather than just one single person. Like, yeah, that... right. Like it's so laser focused. Like, okay, great. You think Kate's a traitor? Amazing. Who was she a traitor with? Yeah, yeah. You know, she's not sense. killing people off by herself. So, yeah. I see. Now Damn. you've uh, alluded to this a little bit. We we saw you get upset a few times, like when Azra was murdered. Um, was that the nature of the game, or or do you think you're are you generally a sensitive person? Oh, no, I'm very, I'm very sensitive. I'm very (laughs) emotional. I, every day leading up to the show, I would like call production and be like, have you seen the edit? 
am I crying off, coming off as that crying, annoying girl that like everybody wants to kill and everyone's going to hate me. And they were like, no, it's coming off authentic and genuine. We didn't show most of your crying. I'm not kidding. At some point during the filming, they, I would be hysterical and they would send me up into a no camera room and like bring me up there with somebody to talk to. And like, instead of like putting the cameras in my face, they'd be like, all right, go gather yourself a little bit. Like it was, I was crying five times a day, every day. Um, just, you know, emotions are very high and I'm a very sensitive person. And I, you know, people say, oh, I'm an empath. I truly, I have hypersensitivity. So I truly take on other people's emotions. So I'm not only feeling what I'm feeling, but I'm feeling what everyone else around me is feeling also. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's, it's heavy and it's a roller coaster and you become mentally exhausting. Starting off your day with, not knowing if you're going to be murdered or not. And they hold you in a room for like two hours when you get to that castle. And like, you are just waiting to see if you're making it down to breakfast. And you truly do not know if you're murdered or not until you're walking through those doors. Like starting off your day with that is just outright mentally exhausting. Yeah. So I, I, I am an emotional person, but I think that my emotions were valid there. Yeah. As you're star sign cancer... Uh, no, it's Gemini. Okay. Um, and that's it. That explains also why I could be so fine five minutes after having a mental breakdown. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking because I'm a Cancerian and I'm also, I'm a crier. Cryer. Yeah. Now, I have a couple of questions about missions that you took part in. Firstly, how was it being on that wheel that you had to spin around on? Uh, so the way they show the edit is so funny. They show me like waiting in between while they were filming when, if you, I want you to go back and watch this when they call my name, you hear me, Angelica screaming of joy in the background. They didn't cut the audio of me screaming, but they cut to my face. <laughs> I was on the floor. I didn't want anything more, but then to be on this wheel, like I was so excited about it. I love roller coasters and I love like thrilling stuff like that. So I wanted to be on the wheel so bad. Then you get on the wheel and it's literally a form of torture. I'm like, why did I want to be on this? <laughs> First off, after every single mission, somehow I was in the medic. After every single mission, sure enough, I'm on this thing and your sh my shoulder bones were like, it moved so slow. So my shoulder bones, all my weight was sitting on my shoulders on these metal bars on the wheel. So I had like welts and bruises for days. Um, but I was so, at first I was super excited to be on this wheel of death and then I was not so excited afterwards. <laughs> It, it looks painful. It, it gives you that impression on TV that you're, you're, all your weight is going into your shoulders when you're upside down in that thing. So yeah, your blood's rushing to your head, and then you're asking you questions, and they wouldn't even <laughs> like I couldn't even think straight. <laughs> Another question about missions: um, when you went into the church and the people were wearing the gold masks, it seemed to really freak you out. Why? Yeah, why was that? It was my worst nightmare. It was literally my worst nightmare. But you don't understand, like, they're sitting there in silence, staring straight with masks on their face. Like, I didn't know what the hell we were doing. And, like, it was just so, it was so creepy to me. I, I, it felt like we were in a haunted movie, like a scary yeah. movie. So I was very scared. Yeah. And lastly, about missions... How difficult was it to be on the barrel mission when Kate was just almost literally throwing money away? 
Yeah. So I don't know if you've heard in other interviews recorded on the reunion. Um, it's something me and Kate has spoken about a lot being out of the show, but that was directly to save my life and have me not murdered her throwing the barrel. So I was in support of it, um, obviously, because I wanted to stay. When we had gotten the letters that we were put on trial, she had made an announcement to the room like, okay, I know the traders' plans. They put me and Rachel on because they want to keep this going. I think Rachel's a traitor, and I think the traders' plans are to murder Angelica tonight. I'm telling you right now, if you murder her instead of me, I will cost you so much money, and I'm going to give you a taste of that tonight. I will sink every ship. I will unplug every plug. I will throw away literal money until you murder me and you need to keep her so when she was throwing the money away I knew exactly why she was doing it and you know it was going to allow me to stay well what I thought was going to allow me to stay in the game so I was fine with it obviously so there's a whole a whole backstory to that that we just don't see on tv at all then yeah yeah yep at the round table during episode six, you started off discussions by very honestly saying you had no idea who the traitors were. And again, th this would be me, I think, at round table. Was that really the case or were you protecting yourself because you, it's difficult to name people? How, how did you how did you make decisions about who to vote for? So I believe that that's that was Cody's banishment that I said that, right? I think it was, yeah. So I, um, prior to going in, you know, we had an alliance. It was me, Kate, Cody, and Shelby. We were very close, the four of us. Like if you, you, if you pay attention in that throughout that episode, you see the four of us together a lot. Um, and prior to going in, I, everyone, I was somebody that people spoke to a lot about where their votes were, honestly. Um, and everyone was telling me, listen, I'm going to vote Cody and where everybody's on board with voting Cody. And I was saying, that's fine. And I'm not going to tell him but I'm not going to vote Cody. I don't think Cody's a traitor. Um, I did in the beginning up until about like day, like five and six, I was like, I don't, because I saw him crumbling, but I was crumbling. So I thought it was for the same reason that I was. Yeah. I was falling apart because of the fear of being murdered and not knowing who to trust. And I thought he was falling apart for the same reason. So I had pegged the traitors early on. I have written in my diary. The traitors are Saree, Christian, and Cody. And then, like, as the game went on, I'm like, wow, Cody is really, like, I'm really relating to him with this heaviness of this game. And so I was like, this is fine. You guys can vote Cody. I'm not going to vote him. And so we get there, and they're like, all right. Like, everyone's pretty much like, all right, we know where to vote. Like, we don't need to have a discussion. I'm like, I don't know who these traitors are because he, everyone was voting Cody, and I was so unsure about him. And I'm, I'm happy I did wind up voting Cody because he was a traitor. But, um... At that point, I I knew it was Christian and I knew it was Suri, but there was no way of getting people on board with Suri. And I had said to Christian prior, I know you're a traitor, just please don't murder me tonight. And sure enough, he did. <laughs> um, but so it was half tactical and half not, I guess, <laughs> because I didn't think Cody was, but I knew not to voice that I thought it was Christian and Suri because I thought Christian would have my back and I didn't want to, I thought it would be good working with a trader and I knew no one would be on board with Surrey. So there was no point in even trying because that was going to send my murder straight away. So Yeah. And when did you then find out the truth? When did you find out who the traitors actually were? Um so because so Cody's banished 
Um, and then I get murdered the next morning. So me and Cody were together that whole day. Um, because he was the traitor and had the intel, you know. I we were like not allowed to talk in the corner. I'm like, tell me who the fucking <laughs> traitors are. Tell me who you are working with. Um, yeah. So I I think I squeezed it out of somebody from production first, and then I was like, Cody, production already told me. And then <laughs> yeah, uh, but they don't tell you like they didn't tell me when I got my letter or anything. It wasn't until like hours after when I like was forcing it out of people. Yeah. It sounds like you you were probably one of the first to find out then. Amanda says she didn't find out till a lot later on. So you, you got in there early. Oh, yeah. I don't stop. I, I always say the squeaky <laughs> wheel gets the oil. I do not stop with the questions. So <laughs> I would make people tell me things. I, at one point, they were holding me in the castle after I got banished. And um, a guy... It was like, you know, you always have somebody like watching you, not letting you out of the room. And... I'm in the castle and I'm like, give me your phone. And he's like, no, like literally get up. Like, give me your phone. And like I go on his WhatsApp, like I'm messaging people. Like it was so I, I was so bad. I really, <laughs> it really was not okay what I would do. Now I wanted to ask you about the reunion episode, which we've all just watched. It had been around 10 months since he actually filmed the show. How was it seeing everyone again? Um it was it was really nice. I mean, we have a group chat, so like it didn't feel like it was so long since I had last seen them. Um, so it was nice, but it just felt almost normal. You know, you live with these people for a month. Like it, it didn't feel like, oh my God, I miss you. I haven't seen you in forever. It just felt like regular. It felt like I'm you were seeing your family. Yeah. And was there anyone you were nervous or apprehensive about seeing? Uh, no, no, not really. Yeah. Uh, you talked about hating Ari before the show because of his time on The Bachelor. Now, for non-Bachelor fans or people in the UK like me that don't really have very easy access to that show, can you give us the lowdown? What's the background there? Why might people not have liked Ari? Um, so, <laughs> The Bachelor, you know, you have two girls at the end and he selects one she's amazing she's an awesome this girl becca she was great like just great girl lauren's amazing too um now i know but from the bachelor you know she was painted a little bit maybe like quiet very just pretty face and so the whole world i felt was rooting for becca he picks becca amazing now we have another episode of the bachelor and we're like what's going on he takes back picking Becca and says, Becca, I actually want Lauren, the runner up. So I'm going to go with her and then selects Lauren <laughs> and then run away into the sunset. And now three kids later. Oh wow! Um, so he made the right choice. I mean, they have, they're an amazing couple. They have an amazing relationship. They have amazing children, but for, you know, bachelor nation, that was really hard because it was like, how one Lauren, how can you be okay with him? you, you being runner up. And then yeah. he's like, you know what? Actually, I do want to go with you. It was, how could you do that to Becca? How could you be so unsure? Like it was, it was a lot of emotions for the fans. Um, so people weren't crazy about him. You know, that's, that never happens before. Okay. It all becomes clear. Yeah. And what was it then that changed your mind about him on the tracers? 
the first, the first moment uh, on the train with him, like I said, he sat next to me and I have these, you know, it's freezing on the train. I have these warmers in my toes. I literally had open toe shoes and they gave me like hand pockets and I put them in between my toes. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there freezing and he's like trying to like warm me up, like talk to me and like I'm starstruck a little bit. And then I'm like, I need to pee. So he's like, all right, great. Me too. So we go to the bathroom. Now I'm in the bathroom and I'm like, okay, what is my life? I'm on the train in Scotland. I have the bachelor waiting outside for me in the door. And I'm just like going through all of these emotions and I can't get my shorts unzippered. So now I'm in there for like a minute, three minutes, five minutes. I start sweating and I start crying. I'm like, I can't get my shorts unzippered. So I come to the bathroom and I'm like, all right, can you help me get my shorts unzippered? And he was so amazing. He's like, sure, no problem. Like, don't be embarrassed. Like, and is helping me try to get my shorts down. And I'm like, I promise I didn't go to number two. Like, I'm not taking long <laughs> in there because like, I literally just can't get my shorts down. And he's cracking up and he's living. And you could just see like, he's just a genuine guy. He's like, don't worry, don't be embarrassed. We'll fix. He runs to the front of the train, gets someone from wardrobe, brings her back. They fix my whole short situation. I'm like, he like, I don't know, like cared. Like he didn't, wasn't like, all right, move out of the way. Let me go to the bathroom and get back to my seat. Like, I don't know. He like stayed with me. So then he went to the bathroom, then waited for me to walk back with me, like to the car. And it was just, he's just very genuine. Um, and then the moment that really got me was, so we would be held every morning um, with random castmates uh, while waiting to find out if we were murdered or not to go dance breakfast. Yeah. One morning we're sitting there waiting and we're talking about what we would do with the money. And um, he says, you know, Amanda's going through her fertility journey, uh, you know, trying to conceive. Mm -hmm. And he says, I don't want you to tell her anyone else um, just because I don't want it to come off like inauthentic or like trying to do it for the cameras. So I don't want anyone to know. But if I do win the money, uh, I'm going to pay for Amanda's fertility journey. Uh And I was like, holy shit, like, you're just fucking amazing. Like, that he he just, you know, he has a family of his own and he knows what it means to have a family. And, like, for him to want to do that for somebody who he just met, like, I just thought, I was like, all right, this guy's incredible. Yeah. That's lovely to hear. Good on, Annie. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if I could get your inside opinion on something about the reunion. There seem to be lots of shots of Christian looking very uncomfortable almost upset and i interviewed christian for the podcast and he was so lovely and friendly and upbeat was that the case at the reunion that he he was finding it difficult or is that purely the magic of editing what did you think i actually can't even believe that you were able to see that um i thought like as the audience that they i I don't I, i i don't know maybe watching the reunion i just I didn't know that people were going to see that. And I was pointing out to my friends and family, I'm like, look at how uncomfortable he was. He was really struggling. Um, he was really struggling that the whole uh, New York trip. Um, he, I, I don't know what exactly happened. I am closer with Christian out of, like, you know, out of a lot of people. And when he's ready to talk about it with me, I'm sure he will. Um, all he told me, he got a little teary eyed before we like exited. And he said like, I'm really struggling. It actually has nothing to do with the show. Um, so I've been like praying for him every night. I don't know what's going on, but he was like, not himself and not okay. That day I said, I would like notice it right away. I'm like, 
we left the reunion and me and Quentin are in the car and I'm like, Christian was not himself. Like Christian was not okay. I don't know what's going on. And then sure enough that night he told me, you know, that he was struggling with something. I don't know what, um, but I, I can't believe that you were able to see that because it very much was what you said. He was, he was struggling. He was quiet. He was not himself. He was just, it was very different. It was not the Christian that I knew for sure. Yeah, that's not so good. I hope he's okay. Yeah, me too. The big focus of that reunion episode seemed to be what everyone thought of Suri's tactics to win. What are your thoughts on how she played the game? Um, I thought she played an incredible game. Um, what I feel that still didn't get across on the reunion, which Andy and Quinton were trying to get across, and I'll paint it very clear. Suri already had their blinds trust. All Suri needed to say was, I think Ari's a traitor. And they would have said, great, let's get him out. Or I want to go to make sure we go to the end with our people of color alliance. Great, let's get Ari out. Andy and Quentin were upset because they feel that Suri used their personal lives and personal situations to force Ari to quit. Yeah. So that was the beef. It wasn't Suri played a game or Suri lied to them or Suri had their trust and built personal relationships. She played an impeccable game. Their beef is that she did not need to then go the extra mile and say they have families on the way and at home. They are people of color. They need, they want to get, you know, affirming gender surgeries. Like it's, that didn't that layer did not need to be added because the game could have still ended the same way. Yeah. So I agree with her game up until the personal use. I think that that could have been that wasn't necessary, but it is what it is. You know, if that's what she felt needed to be done, it's I guess it's what she felt needed to be done. Yeah. The way you describe that came across to me watching, but there's there's so many. Yeah, I still social see media, people on Twitter. Social media. Like, <laughs> people on Twitter are like, Andy, are you kidding me? Are you dumb? Like this, she played a great, great. That's not what Andy is trying to say. Yeah, like yeah. Andy knows that she played a great game. Yeah. It seemed like most of the airtime on the reunion was really focused on the final three or four and the traitors. Was that I, I assume everybody got the chance to speak and a lot of it is cut down. Was it frustrating to watch that? Not everybody seemed to get enough airtime on the reunion episode. Aside from them not addressing Amanda's exit, I feel like they showed what the fans, you know, wanted the answers to. So yeah. it is what it is. Like it, it, it made sense that the reunion had to follow what the show followed. So I think it was way more frustrating to watch the show with so much of so much be left out of the show than it was to watch the reunion because at the reunion it's like one you're used to it at this point two it's it's what the fans wanted answers to because it's what they just watched on the show so it wasn't super frustrating um watching the reunion a lot did get caught a lot of what me shelby and bam i think spoke the most out of anyone aside from the final three and you see me say one sentence and again with shelby she says one thing bam says literally one word and we were like three people who were very vocal during the union but i get it you know it's they have to answer and give what the fans want so if yeah. that's what they feel it makes sense 
The end of the reunion episode finishes with Alan alluding to the second season of The Traitors. So it seems like Alan will be back. Uh, Angelica, what do you think they should alter or change for next season, if anything? Um, I think that they should make it all civilians, all new faces, but they're not going to. So I think the, uh, the UK version blows our version out of the water. I think the Australian version blows our version out of the water. And I think that ha- that has a lot to do with that. It's all new players. I think people who watch game reality TV shows want to get to know new people and don't want to see the same faces over and over again. Um, so that's one thing I would change, but I don't think that they're going to, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Angelica, I'm going to ask you what Andy Cohen asked Christian. Can you spell Geraldine? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. G- G-E-R- Yes. E L D I N E. No, wait, hold on. Hold on. Gerald. G E R Gerald. Gerald. E L D I N E. No. Yes. Okay. 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 I mean, I'm sure you're probably used to people spelling your name wrongly as well. Oh, oh, everywhere, all the time. I can't go anywhere and have anyone spell my name right, ever. (laughs) Everything's like, oh, we don't have you in our system. I'm like, yeah, you do spell with a J. And then it's like, sure, so annoying. Yeah. Now, before we conclude our game, uh, where can we find you on social media, Angelica? And is there anything else that we should check out? Um, so you can find me on social media. Everything is my TikTok, Instagram, Twitter is all the same. It's Angelica Conti, so with Angelica with a J, A N J E L I C I C O N T I. Um, and then also you can check out the podcast that I have with my cousin who is on Big Brother and his father, who's my uncle, who is hilarious. Um, it's Real Talk, and our Instagram is Real Talk Pod, but talk is spelled talk like New York T A W K. Awesome. Uh, And I'll put links to those in the show notes. It's time for our own little round table. Ah. Uh, I've told you a lie in the past, you know, 40 minutes or so, Angelica. Did you tell me a lie? Um, I did. Okay. Uh, Do you want to guess my lie first? Yes. Okay. What do you think? I think I think your lie was there's your there's an A and B part to your lie. I think, and and it could be either one that you're a cancer and or that you cry a lot. I know both of those are absolutely true. (gasps) Oh no! (laughs) Yeah, sorry. My lie. I had lots of different options, but I went for one really early on. Now this is really tricky. When I was asking you questions that people had sent in from social media, one of them was completely made up. I said that someone called Jane Talks TV on Instagram had asked a question, but I, I just made up that question. <laughs> that was such a good one. <laughs> That's hilarious. Your lie that I wrote down a few possibilities as I was going. Okay. Because I usually, I even though it's my game and I set it up, 
I then start talking to people and get so interested in their answers. I forget all about the lie until the end. So as I was going, I was making notes. Right, I was going to guess that one of my options was that your cousin was in Big Brother, but then you mentioned it again just a second ago. So I thought, no, she's mentioned mm-hmm. that twice. That's probably true. Um, I'm going to guess, and I can't even read my own handwriting. <laughs> I'm going to guess your lie was that you've never lost at the game Clue. No, that's oh, true. Man. Okay. That's what 100% was, true. What was your lie? Um, That <laughs> I pressured production in any sort of way. I never took anyone's phone and went on WhatsApp. <laughs> I was such a rule follower. I did not say anything <laughs> to anyone ever. Uh, I didn't press anyone for nothing. See, that when you were telling that story, it was you were so enthusiastic about it. I thought... I was I was captivated. I completely bought that. I thought that was too detailed to be a lie. Yeah, so yeah, you, nope. It was a lie. Me. You got away with it. Angelica, thanks so much for talking to me today. You've been a fab guest. I hope you had a good time. I really did. Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. You're amazing. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello again, Trader listeners. Well, that was a biggie. One bumper episode with two brilliant guests. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you've liked all of my coverage of season one of The Traitors US. It feels quite strange to leave it behind now, even though I'll be keeping up with several of the contestants on social media, and, who knows, maybe my predictions about a return from Kate could yet happen. If you're feeling a bit forlorn, then fear not, I will be continuing season two of the podcast focusing on The Traitors UK, Episode 6 of that is on its way very soon. And if you haven't watched The Traitors UK yet, then you've got a whole lot of binging of the show and the podcast ahead of you. Angelica even said it herself. She thinks the UK version trumps the US one. And again, if you're in the States, you can watch The Traitors UK on Peacock now. In the meantime, it's always great to get messages on social media. So let me know your thoughts on the podcast on YouTube and Instagram at the Tradar Podcast, or on Twitter at the Tradar Pod, or you can email me at the Tradar Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for all your support so far. I've really loved covering the Traders US, speaking to several of the stars of the show, and reading your messages and questions. Until the next episode of the podcast, stay faithful. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.